So, welcome to the 10th episode of the Mailbox Rogues Gallery. 10th episode? Whoever thought we'd get here? I never thought we'd survive the first recording, to be honest. No, it's it's been a long journey, these uh, these 10 episodes. And I um, think, considering we get both violently, violently very drunk when we record them... I'm surprised that we sort of survive any of them. Like we, the the way we treat each other and our own bodies as well as each other's. <laughs> no, it's it's not the nicest thing that we could do to one another. Uh, I'm surprised they even get edited. Actually, I th- we just kind of like wake up and it's already edited. Don't just, we? I don't know. We must do it in the blackout. I don't understand how that happens. But um, no, well, why why change a winning formula if well, it, exactly. if it works? If we get the result at the end of it. Well, although I just feel one day we'll be very unlucky and the the violent drunken part will be the bit that gets released and then the sort of like witty articulate part that we're doing right now yeah won't get released it won't ever see the light of day no but i enjoy the first part of it so much that i'm willing to take that risk okay okay so our 10th episode mm. anything else you want to say on that subject what on the 10th episode yeah um well i'd just like to thank god i'd uh like to thank my parents like to thank uh, my teachers at school for for believing in me that I could do this That's podcast. A, no, they never believed in you. I was in some of your classes at school. But, I, I, I distinctly remember various teachers bringing you to the front of the class, looking you in the eye, pointing their finger in your face, and telling them they don't believe in you. I think that was their way of saying that they believed in me uh, personally. You, you think it was like a bit of tough, a bit of tough love? They were trying to like give you that push. Yeah. You needed. That's right. Okay, okay. Um, Well, they obviously just didn't believe in me then, because they kept telling me that they believed in me. I see. Now, if you'd you'd had that encouragement like I did, (laughs) you might have turned out all right. Well, we're both doing the same podcast, so... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the difference would really be. I suppose um, maybe if I had the encouragement you got, maybe I'd be doing uh, both sides of this podcast. I'd sort of just be like recording one bit of it and then stopping the tape, recording my response and just doing both bits. Yeah, I think that's how most people do their podcasts, but I know we're a bit unconventional in that regard. We are, we are. We like to um, do things our own way, our own way. But our amazing 10th episode, we are going to be talking about none other than... Sorry, just before you do that, can we just do a little, we say something like, we're going to be discussing somebody who is out of this world. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah, let's try it. Just carry on where you were, but just add that in. On our landmark 10th episode, we're going to be talking about someone who is out of this world. Yeah, great. Who is it? Um, Let me just get my notes. Neil Armstrong. Yes, Neil Armstrong. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good choice for a 10th episode um the first thing that sprang to mind with me is when i googled him i thought he looked a little bit like billy corgan from smashing pumpkins did you see that at all or was it just in my well head? i thought he reminded me of some kind of early 90s alternative rocker but i couldn't quite place it there you go yeah uh obviously corgan uh pre-baldness or post hair loss no pre no <laughs> pre Pre-baldness and post-hair loss. Uh, no, they're two different things. They're opposite, yeah. I know. I, I, I messed that up. But he looked like Corgan, pre-baldness. Hmm. I think Billy Corgan, I think his hair was what was making the music in those days. Because he kind of shaved his hair off after Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Well, yeah, but it's not that he's not making music. It's that he's not making good music. Well, that's right. He's, he's still making the music, unfortunately. I think his hair was writing it, and then when it kind of buggered off, yeah, he was like... I have to write these songs myself? 
They were sort of like Lennon and McCartney, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Billy Corgan and his hair. <laughs> and just one without the other, it's just not the same. No. Um, obviously, the hair went on to have the better of the solo careers. Oh, yeah, he did really well out of it. Yeah, Corgan's he, uh, hair. Yeah, he had a few stints in Hollywood, those big action films. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, married Yoko Ono. Yeah. So, Neil Armstrong, where do you want to start with him? Um. Well... Neil Armstrong. What can we say about Neil Armstrong? There's not much to say about him, is there? No, he didn't do a heck of a lot in not, his life, did he? Not a very interesting or accomplished person, no, I would say. Didn't do any uh, any big firsts or anything like that, did he? I feel there might have been one. Oh, I yeah? just can't can't put my finger on it. I only I only thought he might be good to talk about because his name's a bit funny. It's a bit funny, but even that is not it's not very funny, is it? Well. Neil. Neil is a pretty funny name, actually. Uh, what are other funny names? Other funny names. Uh, Wilbur. Mm. I was thinking like uh, Magic Johnson. That's a pretty funny name. Because it sounds like he's got a Magic Johnson. <laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I never thought I always thought of him as a kind of a, a, a warlock with a magic penis. Yeah. Yeah, never thought of that. I guess he kind of is. Well, there's something you can take away yeah. from this. <laughs> If you learn nothing else about Neil Armstrong this episode, <laughs> you at least learn that. <laughs> uh. But no, he's uh, all seriousness. He's a uh, very oh, yes, uh, all seriousness <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, we we don't want to make this podcast into a mockery, for God's sake. No, no, God forbid. <laughs> um, no, he's uh, a very important figure in the world of science and particularly physics. Um, of course, people saying that he was the first man. On the moon. Yeah, he was. Um, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't uh, realise, though, is that he was actually from the moon. Yeah. But so, I mean, it, when you sort of put it in that perspective, it's not really so impressive, is it? No, he kind of... He, he was just basically going back home. Yeah. And I, I mean, do I do that, that every now and then. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for a moonman, he looks pretty... He, he, he blended into society pretty well. I don't think anybody knew he was from the moon until, what, like after a few years after he died, it came out maybe. Hmm. Yeah, people were wondering, like, why? Why is he so keen to go up there? Yeah. There's nothing up there, just cheese. Why is he? Why does he want to get up there? Hmm. hmm. It's suspicious. We should have. We should have maybe looked into him a bit more. I think NASA maybe let their guard down a bit and maybe didn't do the necessary background checks. Well, then on this fellow. they're renowned for not doing the necessary background checks yes, and being a bit are. slapdash yeah. with their operations. Just chuck anybody in a spacesuit and blast him into space. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he is just an idea. Uh, maybe he was playing like hopscotch as a young moon lad and uh, just jumped a bit too high. <laughs> jumped, <laughs> jumped out of the gravitational pull of the moon, rocketed to Earth, landed in uh, Ohio. Um, and then he was like, well, fuck it. I've got to get home somehow. I don't know what we're going to do. I have to uh, become a pilot and then join NASA. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and the, yeah. so he was just like one Mississippi two Mississippi. Whoa, <laughs> just floating off. <laughs> like someone grab me quick. <laughs> I mean, what's amazing is he didn't even know what Mississippi was because he was from the moon. <laughs> one moon, two moon. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and he'd be uh, uh, he used to look up at the Earth and say, you know what, one day we're gonna go there. Yeah. And his parents would be, don't be stupid, not in our lifetime. <laughs> Mad little moon boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Um, so the first man to return to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> really, we should say, rather than the first man on the moon. Because hmm. um, obviously his dad was there first. Oh, yeah. So his dad... And actually, that's a good point, because um, his dad's dad uh, must have been the first one. Oh, no, because his dad's dad must have had a dad. So his uh, great-granddad must have been the first man on the moon. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Hang on. There's a flaw there. Right. He he would have had a dad, wouldn't he? Oh, that's a good point. How long can we do this for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, indefinitely, possibly. How much time have we got to uh, to kill on this thing? Oh, well, it's the 10th episode. We can go on a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't realise as well uh, He didn't come back for ages He didn't come back to Earth I mean, once he got up there I think he was on the moon for about 17 years, wasn't he? Something like that Well, I mean, like when people go on holiday They don't kind of like go off in the plane And think that's the best part of the holiday, do they? Mm. Or hang around the airport They want to get out They want to go on the beach and have a cocktail stretch their legs exactly yeah. yeah so i can understand him wanted to stay there a bit get his money's worth because you know holidays aren't cheap and uh outside of the planet earth i imagine they'd be a bit more expensive well i think he's a bit like those expats that move to benedorm yeah he sort of went do you know what this is so great i'm just gonna stay here and he did you know it, as well as being the first man on the moon he was the first man to take out a mortgage on the moon. Mm. Uh, got himself a lovely little homestead there. Raised some space chickens, space cows, <laughs> space sheep, space ducks, uh, space donkeys, space horses. Mm. Any any other animals? Um, space llamas. Oh, yeah, you get that sometimes in a farm these days. Yeah, this is an interesting space farm. Yes, yes. So he just did that, and he lived it. He lived on the moon for for seventeen years. I guess where he was from, his home, before returning to Earth uh, in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that's right. And then you know he had this mad time where you know in between nineteen sixty nine and nineteen eighty six, there was quite a a lot had happened culturally. Um, he needed a lot of filling in when he got back. I mean, you know, that slap bag in the middle of the 80s, practically. Yeah, think of all the things he missed during what? those uh, 17 years. Wham. Although they were, they were probably in full swing in 86. Oh, yeah. He I'm, been, not, he I'm not been, a whamologist. No, he probably but... would have been there just like on the cusp of uh, wham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he missed he missed all sorts, really. Uh, the 70s, for one thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hawkwind. Missed them in their heyday. Yeah, he did, yeah. He missed, um, what else did he miss? Uh, the Generation Game with Bruce Forsyth. Was that from the 70s? I seem to remember watching that. But I think I'm thinking of uh, Jim well, Davidson. Well, Jim Davidson did it when we in were In the kids. 90s, yeah. He was fun before he was racist, wasn't he? He was a lot of <laughs> fun of, until he got really racist. Barrel of laughs yeah, Mr Blobby. Great. Well, Mr Blobby was on the Generation Game. Yeah, he was. Um, he was the camera operator. Oh, okay. So he wasn't on camera. He was behind camera. He was off-screen talent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I always associate him with uh, Noel Edmonds and uh, and all those weird blobby theme parks that are dotted around the country. Yeah, there was one near where we live, isn't there's, there? There's one in Cornwall, Dobwalls in Cornwall. Dobwalls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I used to love going there. Ah, oh, me too. Um, the, you can find pictures of them online now. All these uh, Mr. Blobby theme parks were just like went into administration in the 90s and then they're just like these 
the most haunting <laughs> places you've seen now. There's all these like pink and yellow spotted bobby eyes peering out from like overgrown bushes and weeds <laughs> and things like that. Oh, they're really something. Yeah, I'll take you there one day. <laughs> oh, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that as like a little uh, mailbox rose gallery outing. Yeah, on on scene. We could take a little kind of uh, have a little Blair Witch style kind <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? We just like wake up and our bags are gone. It's like those eyes those eyes weren't looking in that direction the night before. <laughs> Oh, sounds haunting. Going back to like his early years, uh, so he grew up in Ohio. This he... is after he'd come from the moon to Earth. That's right, yeah. yeah. So he spent most of his uh, life in Ohio. Mm. And he kind of had a fascination with planes and uh, aerospace technology even then, which I guess coming from the moon, he, he would have. Yeah, um, <clears throat> explains why he was so weird. He has a degree in aerospace engineering. Big whoop. <laughs> yeah, we've all got one of those these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not knocking it. I'm no, just yeah. saying we've all got one. Yeah, it'll get you from A to B, I guess. Exactly, exactly. He also fought in the Korean War. Good for him. <laughs> Which, being from uh, the moon, what stake did he have in that war? Yeah, I wonder that. I, was, <clears throat> I suppose then, do you think he was a bit like Superman in that like a little old woman and her husband found him in a field somewhere and like adopted him and raised him... As the own on this farm in Ohio. Now that you mention it, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> comparisons and parallels with the Superman story because Ohio is very much like uh, Smallville yeah. that Superman grew up in. Yeah. So yeah, he so he crash lands in Ohio, and like these uh, this unsuspecting Mister and Mrs Armstrong. Mister and Mrs Armstrong, yeah. Because I think he used to be called uh, Neil Gleepglorp. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. lived on the moon. But they were like, uh, we'll just call you Armstrong. So yeah, I suppose that explains why he fought for America, at least. He mm. didn't... It, maybe if he crash-landed in uh, Korea, everything would be different. But in the war, he flew uh, 78 combat missions, spent 121 hours in the air. 121 hours for 78 missions? It sounds like he was just like nipping up there and nipping back down again really quick. Actually, now that you mention it, yeah, hang on a sec. So 70... Uh... <laughs> Three hours and two broken abacuses later. Right, so I've just worked out, on average, he was in the air about 35 minutes a mission. It's not very much, is it? What's he getting done in in 35 minutes? <laughs> not very much. I, I, I can't get very much done at work in 35 minutes. Well, if you think um, when you're on a commercial air flight, uh, it's about ten minutes before you can take your seatbelt off. Mm. So what was it? So then he's got uh, and the tray. Yeah, that's it. And the tray that has to stay up. So then he's, he's, he's that's ten minutes. Then he can uh, you know fight the war for fifteen, and then it's time to come back down again. And it wasn't it wasn't a short war. It went on a few years. The Korean War. Yeah, I wonder how he. This is what this goes back to NASA not really not really thinking much about who they're fucking sending it up to the moon in a spaceship. No, had they uh, had they known he hadn't uh, really chipped in during the war, I'm sure they wouldn't have hired him at all. Yeah, I really hope that no American patriots ever listen to this episode <laughs> because they're going to fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I suppose he, he he played a part, a cog in the machine. Yeah, he did his bit. Yeah, yeah, even if it wasn't much, he did his bit. What did he do after that, then? After that, he studied a master's, if I remember rightly, and then that led to him getting a job like uh, in NASA. As a spaceman? Yeah, well, not straight away. Um, he was kind of like working behind the scenes. 
for a while. I think he joined like in the mid to late fifties, if I remember was rightly. It, was it a bit like um, Goodwill Hunting? Was he the janitor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> one of the uh, professors put like an unsolvable problem on the blackboard, and he was just walking past, sweeping, and then he's just, I'll have a go at this. And uh, do you know what? I bet he just guessed as well. Just luck. Yeah. And they're like, right, off to the moon you go. That's so him, isn't it? Yeah. Just falling on his feet. <laughs> well, Just like when he fell from the moon to earth, he fell on his feet there, yeah, quite literally. Lucky bastard. Yeah. But yeah, I could see that. He's just kind of like cleaning up and then he sees a board like with all these equations. He draws a picture of the moon. Yeah. And, and they're like, <gasps> the moon never thought of that. Yeah, we were going to fly into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moon, great idea. Great idea, yeah. Yeah, because originally they were going to see um, how close they have to get to the sun uh, to pop popcorn. Mm. Which I reckon you could get. I suppose it's that this is that golden point, you know, uh, close enough to pop popcorn, but not so close that you burn to death. Yeah, well, that's really what they were trying to go for and find out, which I think would have really been worth American tax dollars back in the 60s. Mm. That would have been far more interesting than what actually ended up happening. I think JFK was willing to uh, spend the money. When he's when he you know really really funneled all that American tax dollars into the uh, U.S. space program. Well, yeah, of course, because there was that famous speech. It's like um, we plan before the decade is out to pop popcorn near the sun. Yeah, yeah, he said that. But you know, t- wasn't true to his word. Ended up going to the moon instead. And meanwhile, the Russians had their own competing cosmonaut program. Oh yeah, they were trying to uh, pop popcorn in the center of the Earth. They were going the other way. Yeah. Um, Pesky Russians. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll get there one day. They'll get to the centre of the earth one day. Yeah, meet the mole people. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> back in the late 50s up until, well, when the actual moon landing happened, there was a fierce competition between both America and Russia as to kind of space exploration and who would kind of have these certain feats first. Mm. Um, and... Neil Armstrong in 1958 was f- selected for. Now I love the name of this. Right. He was selected for the Man in Space Soonest program. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the Man in Space Soonest program. They didn't waste time trying to think of some kind of cool name. Yeah. Just like. Or even a code name. <laughs> yeah. It's like Welcome to Space Venture 3000, something like that. I'd be like, oh, this is yeah. pretty cool. But no, they were just kind of like literally wearing their heart on this sleeve like no in space soon soonest yeah we want them up there quick (laughs) well i suppose that just shows how fast the race was they didn't even have time to slow down and think of a name for the race they couldn't think of a good name so it was like what do we want a man in space soonest that's what we're calling it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's already written well i like their honesty i like their honesty and he got there didn't he yeah but there were a few different uh feats it was very much neck and neck between the the americans and the russians with Mm. the space race of course, the the first living thing up in space was no man. It was a dog. I know. It was a little old Laika, wasn't it? Laika the Russian pooch. Laika the Russian space dog. I like the sto- I like the idea that the dog was the first thing in space. Mm. I bet he looked adorable in his little space helmet, in his little spacecraft. I like to think um, around that time when Laika was sent off into space, he's there in his like little space suit. Mm. drinking water from a space bowl and uh, i like to think some aliens uh kind of thought you know what we've given them a, a few thousand years let's see how um see how the human race is getting on mm, yeah Let, let's see if they're ready for like first contact and they go by and they see this like thing floating about it's like oh, 
what, what's what's that? Oh, I think they've they've discovered space travel. Oh, well done, oh, humans. Jeez, oh, 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 let's let's get a bit of a closer look. Mm. Let's uh, let's try and get the point the microphones to them and uh, see what's going on in there. Ruff. What the hell was that? Ruff. Have they put a dog in space? <laughs> Those idiots. <laughs> Right, we'll come back in another 5,000 years. We'll leave them to it. They're obviously still <laughs> fucking idiots. Still working on it, yeah. How annoyed do you think he was that he fucked up the line? You know when he got off the spaceship and he went, this is one giant leap for man. Hmm. And he said man instead of a man. He was meant to say one small step for a man. One giant leap for mankind. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Is that what he said when he got up there? Yeah. He said one small... St- you know this. I didn't think that was his first words. Well, it might not have been his very first words. No, I thought I thought he went up there and was like, um, what is it he says? To infinity and beyond. No, you're thinking of someone different. You're thinking of someone different. Yeah. Uh, very similar. You're thinking of um, Buzz Lightyear. That was it. Buzz Lightyear. Well, he was also in the mission, wasn't he? Uh, no, no. Now you're thinking of Buzz Aldrin. Very similar. Yeah, I can see how you got confused there. Yeah. So what, what did he say? A small man leapt a lot? Yeah, he says this is one small man leaping onto the moon. A small man leapt. A giant. Slept. <laughs> yeah, it's quite poetic, it's, I thought. It's an old Chinese proverb that he'd heard on the way up. They had some Chinese food. <laughs> on the way up. <laughs> so he had a, a Chinese takeaway on the way up, and that was in the fortune cookie. <laughs> He hadn't prepared a speech. Just like, shit, I need something. What's in this fortune cookie? Yeah. I'll oh, just... that'll do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, people were trying to figure this one out for decades. This is what they'll remember me for. Yeah. But seriously, that is that is really stupid, isn't it? Fluffing the line. Because he must have prepared it beforehand. Or, or someone in NASA told him to say this for the cameras. Well, I, I remember reading that he um, he kind of like apparently figured it out very shortly before the actual mission. Kind of thought of what he was going to say. Right. Well, then, he, he, either Did, way, he fluffed his line. Didn't have much rehearsal time. I think we can give him that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. For one of the like most historic steps in human history, just to fuck up the line is just. I just think it's not. It's bad show. Then again, you know, he wasn't a native uh, English speaker, was he? He's from the moon. Yeah. They so it wasn't his first language. No, moon speak was. Mm, yeah. Well, he probably wouldn't have fucked it up if he was speaking his native tongue. No. In the 90s, he had a bit of a rebrand, didn't he? Uh, he became Neil Ali McBeal Armstrong. Yeah, I was doing right. air quotes there around Ali McBeal. That, but um, he starred in that, that uh, 90s sitcom, didn't he? Yeah, Ali McBeal. Ali right. McBeal. He played the titular Neil Ali McBeal Armstrong. <laughs> um, very wildly popular. Um, won the hearts of, of millions, didn't he? Yeah, it was nice to see him kind of get that spotlight again, but in a different kind of uh, area from, you know being someone who's highly influential in aerospace and science to kind of like sitcom entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly I feel it was a bit of a step up in his career. He'd had a bit of a down period between 1969 and uh, 1997, but um, the rebranding and uh, starring in the sitcom, I thought it just brought him back into the limelight. We were all very pleased to see him. Yeah, it was nice to have him back. I mean, following the popularity of that, he also did a lot of those uh, adverts, didn't he? Kind of, He advertised all sorts. I think he was, I don't know, maybe kind of saving up for, for when he got to pension age. Mm. So important, he, very important. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, he was doing advertisements for 
a lot of kind of moon related products you know a lot of cheese he was uh, advertising like moon cheese moon che- well he I, I probably um made a lot of moon cheese on his farm yeah well he brought space farm yeah he brought from it back. His, yeah from his moon cows but he brought a load of moon cheese back with him and I, I, that's kind of like how he um how he made most of his money when he returned you don't get paid a lot to go into space i don't think no it's pittance yeah i mean if anything you probably have to pay to do it such an experience. Yeah, I mean, your name gets put in a newspaper, but people are eating their fish and chips out of that the next day. Nobody yeah. remembers. Yeah, well, there's a there's a sorry tale, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, largely forgotten until the uh, '90s sitcom, and then in the 2000s, the, the cheese empire that he founded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people people don't even put kind of like link him with the guy who went to the moon. Is that the same guy? Yeah, Neil, Neil Armstrong. Oh, Neil Neil Ali McBeal Armstrong, the cheese pundit. I love that. <laughs> Did he? This he wasn't the Neil Armstrong that went into the moon, was he? Jesus, I thought he died years <laughs> ago. <laughs> who do you think his? Who do you think like his favorite other world figure from history to hang out with was? His his who? What you mean like who he'd want to hang out with in in human history? No, no, like in in his time, he was a, a world figure, wasn't he? In history. So I'm thinking, like, maybe do you think he'd get on with Nelson Mandela? Maybe, do you think they'd be pals? Him and Nelson. Um, I don't know. What What were his views on apartheid? Hard to tell. Um, will we just assume that he was for it? I, I'll assume that based on no evidence whatsoever. Yeah, I'm happy to. Oh, do it's fifty fifty, isn't it? He was either for it or against it. Exactly. So yeah, we, could... we can only be wrong or right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not such a fan of Mandela's. Uh, but yeah, whatever historical you know world figures from that time do you think he would have really really got on with i think he would have been a big fan of muhammad ali yeah yeah i could see that yeah because he um flew like a butterfly stung like a bee and there were lots of kind of like creatures like that on the moon so i'm I'm sure he would have kind of found him quite quite useful yeah well pest control yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) space butterflies and space bees fucking nuisance they are when you're trying to grow your cabbages. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and your but, begonias. But it would remind him of home. Yeah. Even in in that kind of circumstance. So I'm sure he'd kind of like get on with him. During that silence there, I was 100% sure that you were going to go for Michael Parkinson. <laughs> 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 right. We mentioned this before the episode that Parky, who must not be named, he comes would up not a be. Lot. He does come up a lot. I, I was doing all right. I hadn't mentioned him yeah. once, hadn't gone at any point. <laughs> It was you that had to bring him up. Just because I was certain, I was like, uh, after a moment, I was like, oh, I've, dr- I've given him the perfect entrance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face, I thought, oh, has he thought of a funny uh, funny person he could hang out with? But no, you just you just assumed the worst just, about yeah, me. Yeah. And I proved you wrong. Well, you're obsessed. You're absolutely obsessed with Michael Parkinson. Well, you know, I mean, I know I dress like him, and like when I'm out and about, I talk like him. Yeah. Um, Giving away parky pens all the time. Yeah. I've got like a little... Um, Walkman that I've got like a, a pair of speakers with, and whenever I kind of like walk into a room, I'll play the theme song and just kind of like wave. Yeah, yeah. In the hope that people will clap when Start I come clapping, in. Yeah. yeah. They never do. Tragic, really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they've seen it a hundred times, mate. They've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, my co-workers are. You a keep bit fed a close up. circle of friends, and we've all seen it. I don't know what else to say. Well, why don't you guys indulge me? We did the first fifty times, but. Parky had a very long television career. I suppose you're trying to match that, at least. Yeah, exactly. If not, best it. Yeah, yeah, I reckon I could. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be 
a milestone episode of the Mailbox Rose Gallery if we didn't fucking mention Michael Parkinson. So maybe it's just best that we got it out of the way. You know, I preempted that that's what you were going to say. I was wrong, but we've got it out in the open. We can just forget about him now. Right. I mean, I don't know what the episode count will have to be before we mention him again. Maybe we should set some parameters here, like when we can mention him next. I mean, we could just edit it out. You know, there's just the option of like, no, no. you're shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's mentioned, it has to go in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was our parents' generation who sat down to watch Michael Parkinson and his interviewing. I mean, we were a bit young for it, really, by the time it went off the air. I liked him. I liked watching him when I was little. Oh, I liked it too. But I wouldn't have, you know, my parents had it on and I was in the room. I wouldn't have sat down to watch it. You know, I would have been watching um, Biker Grove. That's that's another thing. These nineties TV references from Britain. Right. Let's just forget about it. Let's just let's just sail right was, past this. I was thinking before this started, is like, right, Neil Armstrong. We've got a chance here to really branch out and grab that American audience. But no, fucking Biker Grove. The Americans and, switched off the moment we started bad mouthing Neil Armstrong and the Korean War. And I mentioned the Generation Game. I just <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I think we should just forget. British light entertainment television. We've got to sail right past it. We'll get get back to whatever the fuck it is we were talking about. I promise, listener, from now on we will be far more concise. He also famously uh, set up his uh, Neils on Wheels business, where <laughs> yeah. he went around delivering his uh, space cheese to elderly people. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> it's a successful public service, I feel. Yeah, it's nice that he uh, he decided to give back to the community that kind of raised him. Because really, he was an illegal alien uh, coming to this planet. But we kind of like embraced him and took him with open arms. So it was nice to see him kind of give back with a little bit of cheese for the elderly. And, you know, think of all the uh, American tax dollars that were spent just getting him home. It was only right that he comes back and pays something back to society. Hmm. I mean, he'll never, he'll never pay enough out to match it. But we didn't ask for that. We didn't ask for that. But God bless him for trying. Yeah, no one expected it. Yeah, yeah. It's the thought that counts, I think. Although the moon is about three times smaller than it was because of the amount of cheese he brought back from the moon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, we don't need a big moon. Not many people living up there as well. It's just his family, from what I recall. I think it's fatter this way. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely took you by surprise for some reason. I'm trying to think of some cheese puns. He damn near made a mockery of himself. That wasn't very good, was it? To be honest, it probably wasn't my best. Please tell me that if these stay in, we've got to at least, like, make... Make them run a bit swifter. <laughs> These long gaps. No, I think people should know how bad we are at improvisation. <laughs> this is what you expect from us. Uh, didn't Samuel Peep say this is the lowest form of wit? The cheese pun? Oh, what did he know? Probably maybe we even had Gorgonzola. Wrote about a fire once. I've seen fire before. Was it good? Yeah, it was alright. I wouldn't write a book about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great fire. No, not unlike too. his. Thinking about it, what what a hot, what a nasty man saying the fire was great. Yeah, think of all these people that died and yeah. all those buildings that burnt down. To then just say, oh yeah, it was a great fire. Great fire of London, that. Oh, great fire of London, that. Maybe the the greatest fire of London I've ever seen. Bastard. Yeah, horrible man. 
Well, we're covering a lot of ground historically, so that's good. Yeah, we're kind of jumping in here, there, and everywhere, aren't we? <laughs> it's quite unlike us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a step back to Neil... On wheel, I, Armstrong. Neil's on wheels, Armstrong. What else did he do when he got back from the moon? I found this quite funny. In uh, 2005... He sued his barber of 20 years. <laughs> this is a man he'd been going to to get his hair cut for 20 years, probably trying to make sure he didn't look like Billy Corgan. Yeah. His barber started selling cuttings of his hair without his knowledge <laughs> <laughs> for like $3,000 a pop. That's space hair. That's lovely. Need it. Oh, that lovely How space much? $3,000 a pop? Yeah. What? You mean. I don't necessarily mean. Per like clump, a... you mean like. I, I I don't know what the quantity of hair was, but I'm assuming it wasn't per single hair, because you can't make a wig out of a single no, hair. Like but a, like a clump, like a, a Sherman clump of hair. Yeah, what was that? Is that Sher- was Sherman clump the guy from Nutty Professor? Yeah, he was the right. f- big fat professor that uh, Eddie Murphy played. So a lot of hair. That oh, a clump is a lot of hair. If we're going, if we're going by that scale, if that's what the definition of clump we're using is, then that's a lot of hair. Well, that's how I measure everything really in metric clumps. <laughs> See, I use the old imperial clump. <laughs> We're from different worlds, me and you. I'm of the old world. No, I often, well, I often go to the butchers and be like, uh, half a clump of sausages, please. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot, to be fair, but you know, I'll get through sausages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he says, now, are you talking about uh, clump from the uh, Nighty Professor or Nighty Professor to the clumps? Because yeah. in that one, there was a lot of clumps. There was about eight of them, if I recall. Well, there was always quite a few clumps in, in the clump uh, geology. Um, <laughs> geology. I've never heard that word before. <laughs> to describe the two Nutty Professor films. <laughs> <laughs> the clump saga. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now, it's been a while since I've seen the film. But, for, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but were there a lot of fart jokes in that film? There are a lot of fat people breaking wind around a dinner table. Gold. Comedy gold. I mean, I found it relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a regular Saturday night at your house, isn't it? Yeah. 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 This is the second time we've talked about this as well, if I recall. Yeah, we did mention the clumps. Um, oh, this, this, this really is a 10th episode special where we kind of like almost reminisce about episodes uh, of years gone by. Uh, we just... We just... We've got so much history, me and you, me and you and this podcast, we go way back. This is like, it's almost like a best of episode, except we're talking about all the shit bits from other episodes and dredging them back up again. That's all there is. Uh. Well, going back to the barber. So this guy, this guy, without his knowledge, was selling clumps of his hair, which as we've established is a lot of hair. Yeah. And for actually three thousand dollars, that's that's quite cheap. I mean, buying that much of anybody's hair for three thousand dollars is probably quite a good bargain. I guess, yeah, he would have had to have made quite a few hairdressing trips, wouldn't he? Well, he was cutting his hair for twenty years. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, Neil Armstrong sued him because it was like, I'm not too happy about you selling my hair without my knowledge. Well, he had a similar problem with like people asking for autographs. He stopped signing autographs for people. Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, because they were just selling them online. Not the spirit of it, is it? He should have been in inspiring young cosmonauts and astronauts. Yeah, to sell cheese to the elderly and go into space. 
But then again, I suppose if he was the only person who was originally from space, he can't really like. It's not fair for him to expect everybody to want to go to space. Yeah, I don't want to go to space. It's far away. It is. Yeah, it's, it's quite cold a journey. as well. It's cold. I don't even want to go to Norway. That's cold and far away. That mm. own space. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world. They say in space. Well, is the old the famous saying? In space, nobody can hear African-American families fart at the dinner table. <laughs> so, he's a very well-loved uh, and well-renowned figure, uh, Neil Armstrong, with everything that he did for space travel and science. But there's a lot of people who are quite sceptical as to whether he actually went to the moon at all. What do you reckon? Did he go? I don't know. I mean, I know we've talked about him coming from the moon and everything like that. It's one thing to play hopscotch and... Jump from the moon to Earth. Yeah, that I can believe. Yeah, but for a man to get in a rocket ship and fly to the moon, I don't know, it just seems a bit much, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a moon man, so I could understand that, but we're just human. Mm. Like, that kind of technology. I'm, I'm on the fence, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of um, very possible uh, theories um, as, as to how it was staged and why. I mean, the one prominent theory with the uh, moon landing being a hoax is um, that America wanted to win the, the space race really badly, mm. and they wanted to beat Russia at any uh, at any cost, so they uh, shot it in a studio. Yeah. Why didn't Russia think of that? Because I've seen Rocky Four, and uh, what I learnt from that is uh, the Russians are cheaters in the uh, in the great battles of between East and West. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure the uh, Russian guy was like... Uh, doping or on steroids or something there was some sort of cheating going on yeah whatever um, it was i didn't like it yeah so you know with that in mind how come the russians just didn't shoot it first well that's the thing they did but they they went the wrong way about it they uh, got wind of the fact that uh, america were considering filming it like in a studio mm. but what russia ended up doing was they ended up filming it as a studio sitcom Oh, yeah, right. And people just saw through it straight away. So, yeah. hang on a minute. Hang on, there aren't TV audiences uh, on the moon laughing along? It, it, like, the, the first episode in particular, because it was, like, centred around uh, the, the Moonsons. Yeah, it's like this, uh, Sergei Moonson and his family. That's right, yeah. There was, like, a, a dad, a wife, and a boy and a girl. Mm. And it was kind of like he'd walk in, be applause. Honey, I'm home. He's like, oh, hi, dear, uh, tea's nearly ready. And then he'd drop his uh, keys, yeah. bend over to pick him up, and then the kid would go, oh, looks like he's giving me the moon. <laughs> uh, studio audience, <laughs> showing yeah, his ass. And then, and then like the keys are actually just start floating in the middle of the room, and then everything in the room starts floating, mm. including the people. But they're obviously all on strings. That's right. They were very, no they were very thick strings. Very, more like rope yeah, than didn't, string. Yeah, it didn't fool anyone. No, no. Bungee rope. Yeah, and so they kind of, uh, they showed that, and everyone was just like, yeah, you're not fooling us. No. But, you know, it, it ran for ten seasons. Yeah, it was a great show, it was a uh, classic. Oh, it was a beautiful show. The best thing to come out of Russia since Tolstoy, if you ask me. Yeah, better than Tolstoy. Okay, you heard it here first, says everybody. Better than Tolstoy, says James Birch. The Moonsons. The Moonsons. <laughs> Another thing as well is that uh, that a lot of kind of conspiracy theorists... Uh, pick up on is is the flag they accidentally put a russian flag on the moon first yeah exactly 
Buzz Aldrin famously gets very, very pissed off with people asking him whether it's a hoax or not. I think he's punched a few people, I hasn't he? Fair fucks to him. <laughs> Punches as many people as he likes. He's a poor old man who's getting hassled by these people who doesn't believe he'd been to the moon years ago. It is pretty bad because that is very much what he will be remembered for, like for the rest of his life. And if he's got people saying, oh, like, fuck, did you do that? You didn't get a fucking moon. Well, I fucking did. I'll send you to the fucking moon, you can't. <laughs> And he just wails. That's his catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah famously when he uh, when he got back from uh, from the moon, he'd kind of go on these American like afternoon talk shows, yeah, uh, <laughs> like in front of an audience of like families. He's like, "I'll send you to the moon, you fucking can!" <laughs> All kids and everyone would be laughing and applauding. Oh, great fun! Yeah, he sold innocent a lot of, fun. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he sold a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> I've got one. It's vintage now. They don't make them anymore. But I found it on eBay. Oh, I want that on a t-shirt. Oh, if we branch into ma- merchandising. Oh, that's going to be our first one. Picture of, uh... I'll send you to the moon, you fucking can. <laughs> Picture of Buzz Aldrin with his fists up. <laughs> oh. So there we have it. The life and times of moon man extraordinaire Neil Armstrong. Truly an inspired tale of uh, a young moon boy who fell to earth and made his way back. Moon boy did good. Moon boy did good, yes, yes. God bless him. Um, what was that, Apollo 11 that he was on? Yeah, that's right. That's a good one, wasn't it? That was the one that didn't go wrong. Yeah. Got the man to the moon, happily lived there, came back eventually. Hmm. Good for him. I'm sure he was bricking it, though, seeing some of the other ones. Yeah, they didn't all go that well, did they? No, some of them blew up. Tom Hanks had a really shit time in Apollo 13 as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was one. It's a wonder he was able to act after that, after the explosion. Mm, yeah. So yeah, I think we picked a good person for our tenth episode. Pretty, yeah. Pretty historic. I think he's up there. Very important figure. Yeah. Our wonderful tenth episode. You never know. Maybe we'll get to do another ten. All right. Well, um, here's to another ten. How can people reach us? Well, they can reach us on Twitter at Mailbox Rogues. Perhaps let us know what you thought of the episodes and previous episodes, and also what you maybe want to hear in the future from us. Yeah, that, we'd like suggestions. Please, suggestions. Mm. You can also get us by email, uh, mailboxrosegallery at gmail.com. You can listen to us at YouTube, Podbean, and of course iTunes. And if you happen to be on iTunes and you're enjoying the show, Please give us a rating and a review. It all goes towards helping the podcast grow. Just, we'd want to start making some money out of this. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I'm chomping at the bit. I mean, like I'm, I, I quit my full-time job as soon as we started recording this, hoping the money was going to come in yeah, me too. straight away, like in effect, instantly. I mean, we bought and built this whole recording studio to, fill, to, to record this in. Yeah. It's fucking expensive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm living in rags. Lovely rags, though. Oh, yeah, they're lovely rags now, but a few ten episodes' time, if we're still not making money, yeah. I'm going to have to kind of buy a cheaper set of rags. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. God help us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Listen, yes. give us money, please. please. <laughs> so, yeah, no, don't even give us money. Just give us a rating on iTunes. And then I think iTunes gives us some money. I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I don't know. I think, like, the, the pod gods... Uh, kind of like a bit like the tooth fairy give us money underneath our pillow when we're asleep at night yeah descend from their pod god mountain yeah i think that's what that's what a few people were telling me the other day right well thanks for listening 10 episodes 10 episodes 10 episodes thank you 
Bye. Toodles. Toodles.